few years ago, I read an um, article, it was in the Bible Review, I think it was, um, and uh, it was a, an article that I had never, uh, had, a, had a point that I had never considered before, and that is when we look at this genealogy of Matthew, uh, if we get, get the list of names uh, of men, uh, and that's how they traced uh, their, their lineage um, for kings, the legal, uh, the legal process, as far as their religion, that was traced by the mother, uh, because you usually knew who the mother was, you didn't always know who the father was. So legally, the father had to claim. And so often our eyes kind of roll over and, and we kind of get lost in all these names. Uh, maybe you did this morning. I almost wish that Deacon Bruce was here, but he's recovering from surgery. So, But he would have had to read these this morning otherwise. And there's a good reason our eyes kind of gloss over or we kind of pass over is because some of these names don't have a whole lot of memories to us, especially uh, us being so distant uh, from the Old Testament, we, we may, may not know. But even in the midst of all these names, Matthew is cautious. He points out a, a few things. Did you catch the mothers, Tamar? I, I probably won't catch them all myself. Rahab, Ruth, and I believe that was, and then the Blessed Mother, of course. There's something different about these women. Tamar was uh, basically a, a kind of prostituted, prostituted herself. Uh, Rahab was a prostitute who allowed, uh, who's, um, when they were attacking Jericho, uh, put out a scarlet rope uh, to remind them, and, and she was eventually um, became Jewish. Uh, you know the story of Ruth, perhaps, that um, Ruth remained with her, her mother-in-law, and then the Blessed Mother. All these women have different stories, different ways of relating to, uh, to God. You know, some were questionable uh, um, morals, perhaps, would be a good way of putting it. Uh, others were faithful. Some, too, were not, uh, were not uh, Jewish or um, Hebrew when they, uh, they came, but they embraced the faith more fully and more completely. And yet, God used these women, and used not in the, uh, um, the derogatory sense of the word, but rather allowed them to become part of the story. And this year, perhaps more than any other, I found myself reflecting on that, that God can use anything and anyone that's willing. Maybe God's using the virus. Maybe God's using the election chaos. Maybe God's using whatever it is. Maybe, maybe he's all using it, and he alone knows the story that he's trying to tell, trying to, trying to have us live. And maybe we just need to trust as so often our eyes might just glaze over with all the details, with all the, all the things, or we might get a little wearied of just like hearing all these names. But the question is, are we like these women responding to God? Are we like these women able to come to embrace a deeper faith? And of course then we have the woman, the Blessed Mother, 
who reminds us, most importantly, that salvation is coming. Matthew points out, I do have to point this out too, um, he does a little uh, um, fun math, and he leaves a few names out in order to get it, but that's okay, because he names the big ones, but did you catch that? 14 generations, 14 generations, 14 generations. 14 is 2 times 7, of course, 7, the completeness. So it's fully complete. That God did this perfectly, is what Matthew is hinting at by this reference of 14 generations. So why do we doubt in our own age? I don't think we can. I think we have to be aware that God named all these events, all these people, and God continues to name those he wants. That, again, the story is being told. We might not know the end of the story, but we know who knows the end. And just to put trust, hope, faith in him.